thank you for your time and letting me come and speak with you today. Um, I'm always reminded um, of uh, Paul's message to the Philippians. You know, when we're in Cambodia and we think of you guys, um, we praise God for the partnership that we have in the gospel. That brings us a lot of joy and um, strength. It's been a really challenging two years at times, and having a body of believers knowing that you're out there praying for us is, is an encouragement, and we do find lots of strength in that. So glad that I could be a part of this and share th- some stories with you. Um, so we uh, moved there, like the video said, two years ago, and uh, we've spent the last two years um, learning the language, learning the culture. The language was pretty intense. We spent about six to seven hours a day in just full-time language. My day would look like I'd, I'd wake up and I'd go out for, for a little bit and do some engaging for maybe 30, 30 minutes, and then I'd come back and I'd eat my tutor at the house for about three hours. And then after that, we'd, I'd do some personal study because it's lots of memorization. And then I'd go out and I'd use what I learned that day. And it was just five days a week, just boom, 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 boom. Um, so it was pretty intense, but... Um, our heart is to really know the language, know the culture, so that when we when we disciple and teach and do things, we want to do that in their language, in their in their context. We don't want to we don't want to translate it. We don't want to have it translated. Um, there's a lot of people doing that, and I can see why it's challenging. You know, it's taken us two years to get to the place where I'm at, and I still feel like I'm I'm lacking. You know, in, in being able to communicate certain things to people, uh, but if you can get that opportunity and that chance, and I think lift that to God. I mean, he's really provided for us over the past two years, and, and we've been able to do that. So um, pretty exciting. My wife as well, she's she's able to get out. It looks different for her because she's got the kids in the house. Um, but she has learned she's learned a lot of language, not, not as much as I have, but she can engage. She engages with our house help. She engages with people. She goes to the market. Um, and when uh, now that we're stateside, we didn't do it as much in Cambodia, but when we want to communicate something together, when mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, the kids, we speak to Kamai to each other. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> Never thought I'd have that in my life. Uh, like, it, it's, it's wonderful. So, and it's really good for my wife, too. She's encouraged because uh, – it, it, it's challenging. She obviously, she just doesn't have the capacity that I have with kids and what she's doing at home to be able to put seven hours of language in a day, which is kind of what it takes. But um, So, you know, I'd like to just talk a little bit about that, this learning the language and spending so much time and effort to prepare ourselves for that. Like, why do that? Um, and I think that it, it just has to do with we're so different we have a worldview that we come from. They have a worldview where they come from, how they view life, how they view death, and most importantly, how they view God. Um, and so for us to understand, even within ourselves, how do we understand that? How do we view life and death and God? And then as we go over there, how they do. And learning how they understand that is going to change everything in the way that they hear the message of the gospel or that they read the Bible. They're going to read it through a different, different lens than we are completely. Um, And a lot of times in missions, maybe over the course of hundreds of years, we've seen some 
efforts that maybe have not been so good because we go into cultures and we're not as sensitive to what they have and who they are as a people and we think that everything that's different than what we're doing is wrong and we, we sort of banish that or we take a model of Christianity, worship, Chris Tomlin music and try to bring it to an indigenous tribe from some jungle that's never even heard possibly never even heard an acoustic guitar, you know? And we try to give them that and say, this is how it's done, even like the way leadership is in church. And, um, and so it, it's really important to be sensitive to that and, and give them that because as we've learned, we as Americans, especially Americans, uh, we carry some, some baggage with us. We're a Christian nation. We have a lot of pride in that. We <laughs> think we think we know everything, but um, it's been challenging for us because we've come to the core of our own hearts and values in trying to understand them and seeing where initially we thought they were completely wrong. And actually, maybe they're not so far off. We're actually the ones who are far off. And it's like, wow, like that can't be. And you know you're hitting a chord in your own core when it's just like, Whoa, it's like your, your values are changing right there when you're just trying to like serve God um, and, and tell these people about Jesus. But American worldview, Cambodian worldview, God's worldview. And it doesn't really matter. Wherever either one is, is different from God's worldview, it has to come into line with that. So it's been really challenging for us to, to learn that and, and think, wow, we don't know everything. Um, and... It's pretty, it's pretty powerful when somebody like that in another part of the world, I mean, they don't, they don't know anything about us at all. And when they hear the gospel, like the, the video mentioned that um, um, their perspective on God is that they don't understand creation. They don't understand a creator God. That doesn't exist in their world. So when you bring the gospel message, it's really, it, it doesn't make any sense. And even, you know, God loves you. God died for you. Well, who's God? Like, I don't understand. Uh, so there's a lot to learn and a lot of, you got to be creative in, in your approach to that and understand their culture so you can really deliver a message that's relevant to them, you know? And so that's, that's really what it's been like for us is learning that. Um, I want to, would like to share a story actually of, of somebody, if I could introduce you to Sophia. This is Sophia. She's 30 years old. She lives um, in a province of the city, outside of the city a little bit, in a shack. I mean, it's literally a, a one-room shack above, like, kind of like, I would consider sewage. It stinks. It's nasty. And she lives with her three sisters, so it's four of them in one room. Con- living conditions are, it's unbelievable. But it's interesting because you, you go there and you live with these people and at first you're like, oh, like you poor thing. Like I want to help you. I want to get you out of your circumstances. And then you're still there like two months later and you're there another month and you're like, well, wow. I mean, like, I guess that's not really what this is about. And so we're living and we have this relationship with her, but yet that's that's like how she lives. It's just, it, it, it's mind boggling even after two years, just the, the, the living conditions that she lives in. And yet we can sort of like live and, and hang out together and teach her the Bible and things like that. It's just incredible. Um, so 
a friend of ours, we got introduced to her. They, she worked for them for about a year. And um, so she was working with a friend of ours, and then she came to work at our house. And work, I mean, she's our house help in, in that culture. They have a lot of people. They have people come in and clean the house and cook and things like that. Um, so that's kind of part of the culture, and, and we decided to do that. Very, very hard, actually, to be in the kitchen with somebody cleaning ap- after me. Even to this day, that's really hard for me. Like, i got to do it all. But actually, I learned from it, and I would always try to help her clean. And what I was doing was I was actually shaming her. I learned the hard way, and I was totally shaming her because that was her place. That's what she did. And I really, I was just trying to be nice, and I was actually really causing some damage in the relationship. Uh, But praise God, he kind of revealed that to me. And showed me through some friends, but um, so Sophia, um, she uh, started hearing the gospel because my friends were doing this. They were doing this thing where they they were learning how to storytell, and they needed some Cambodians to as guinea pigs to like read the story and then share it with their family. So there was no agenda in this. It just asked her if she wanted to read, and so she would learn this and she would read these and she'd share them with her family. And she did like, I don't know, maybe like five or six of them, and they were gospel stories. And she started realizing, and she started asking questions like, are these real? Like, these are real stories? Like, this person really existed? And the wheels started turning, and she was just really curious. She's like so excited. Um, and we had nothing to do with that. We just happened to be a family moved to Cambodia, and now she's working for us. And then she starts asking me all these questions. And... Anyways, that, that's incredible because that just developed into, as my Khmer um, really started, Khmer is the Cambodian language. Khmer started to improve. I was able to actually communicate some things, and I started learning more of the, the like, Christianese, you know, lots of those big words that you have to have for talking about the Bible. Um, and she, we just, I, I, would, I would have devotion time and, and think of all these things I could share with her and then I'd go to the Bible and I'd spend hours learning how to say it in Khmer and then I'd go talk to her and like she'd come over in the morning and she'd start working and then we'd start talking and for for months it would just turn into we'd talk for like an hour in the morning she wouldn't even get any work done and I'm just like showing her stuff uh, but one in particular story that was really neat is that she um, she came up to me one morning and she was like you know bong Ryan I just, I don't understand. Can you tell me, like, you tell your kids about Jesus. You teach them, like, and your kids are going to believe in Jesus. Zebediah is going to believe in Jesus. And, you know, you do this. And then she goes, and my my friend, um, and uh, Jody and Brian, they teach them about Jesus. But when I grew up, my family taught me about Buddha and all this stuff. And she was like, what's the difference? Like, why is there any difference? How come that's not, how come that's wrong and not true and this is true? And I just, I actually, I was like, hmm. Okay, I think about how I'm going to say that. Come I. But I just celebrated the question. I was like, you know what, Sophia? That is an excellent question. And you need to ask questions like that. Because in their culture, they don't ask questions. Like, you're, you're Cambodian, you're Buddhist. That's, what, that's how it goes. Asking questions like, why is this? Like, which, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Those aren't, that's not their train of thought. They don't grow up learning 
learning how to critical think. It's just not kind of like in their in their DNA. So she's asking all these questions, and I'm just celebrating that for her. It's incredible. Um, and then one one day, this is this was about six months ago. Uh, she came in, and I I had been praying, and I thought of something that I could ask her. I thought it was an excellent question to ask her. And the question was, so Pia, does does Buddha know you? Does he know who you are? And so I pulled her aside and I told her I had a question and I wanted to ask it and if she could just not give me an answer right away, tell me tomorrow. And so I asked her, I said, do you know, does Buddha know you? Does Buddha know Sophia is how I said it. And she looked at me really confused and her confusion wasn't whether or not he knew her or not at that point. It was, I have no idea what your question means. <laughs> and uh, it was it was funny, but we 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 came to an understanding, and she understood the question I was asking her about Buddha and knowing her and having a relationship at all, like what does he do for you, kind of thing. In one question of does he know you, and she went home, came back a, a day or two later, and sort of tracked me down, and uh, she looked at me and said, "No, I don't think Buddha knows me. No way, he does not know me," and. Of course, I was really excited by that answer, and I said, "Well, you know, like God, He He knows you, Sophia. Like He knows you. He knows who you are. He made you. He knows every part of your being." And then I took her into the Scripture, and I showed her, sort of like walked her through a little bit of Psalm 139, which we all know, and it was just an incredible. I just saw it. Like she was just, she was just. The wheels are turning, and she's comparing the two. And I mentioned this last service. One thing about being sensitive to the culture is, like, when I go in there, clearly Buddhism is wrong. Clearly Buddhism is not, like, worshiping God. And so when I'm dealing, talking to her about that, I can't just, like, dismiss that and be like, you know, that's – your your whole family who you honor and respect and love, everything they've been teaching you and your whole culture, like, you can't just say – like kick it to the curb you kind of have to respect that right and so that's what i felt god leading us to do like we're just going to put buddha here your religion and then we're just going to show you this god and let her sort of like see it for herself and we've been doing that with her and it's it's incredible to see to see that and the wheels turn in her life um yeah she's with us for five hours a day you know and it, the thing that's really encouraging is we've been there for two years and we're studying the language and that's all we've really been doing and building relationships. And there's some really neat stories. There's more. I can't share all of them. But sometimes you find yourself like struggling with like, oh, we got to go do something. We got to start some ministry. We got to like, what can we do? And yeah, that whole engaging like, isn't that ministry? Like life. But that's why we're encouraged because in our inadequacies with language as people, God just has chosen to to use us in this woman's life and, and a couple others, really. It's been incredible. And we're just so grateful and thankful because we couldn't do it. We, we, we don't take the credit. It's just like we just can't do this, and especially with the language. Um, so very encouraging. I hope you're encouraged as well when you hear, hear this because it really is a partnership. Um, I know I've been on, on the sending end before, and sometimes there can be um, like a disconnect and you get busy, and but I, I hope like opportunities like this where you can see a face like this young lady right here and know that 
like you guys have sent a family and we're just there and we are loving God to this person. And it's a, it's a partnership. It, it really truly is. And it's incredible. And I hope people are encouraged by that. I hope people are encouraged. And if anybody wants to come serve in Cambodia, here's my plug. Like, give me a call. We, we, need, we need more workers. We need more people that want to uh, go cross-culturally with the gospel. But uh, how am I doing on time? Five, ten minutes? Oh, what time are we done? For me? 10.30? Okay. I don't get up on stage very often either, so. Um, uh, I guess I could, one, one thing that uh, I think is really neat, our organization, Crossworld, that's who we're with. Um, when we, I don't know if any of you really remember when we came here about three years ago, four years ago, and the partnership that started, we were with another organization, and we that didn't work out. They didn't have the capacity we thought to support us as missionaries. They didn't have. They weren't very established, and so um, we got under the wing of Crossworld, and that has been incredible because they they're the ones who've really given us this understanding of of worldview and culture, and really taking the time to understand a culture before you're just going to go in there and plow ahead with with the gospel and ministry. Um, so. Um, one of the one of the things that they're passionate about is discipleship, and discipleship wherever life happens, and on the mission field, it's it's a great model that we have, but also here in America, and they've they've defined uh, a disciple as one who is learning to live and love like Jesus and helps others to do the same, and it's it's great because it, it needs to be here like discipleship here. This is how our lives should be like we. Are uh, like part of our DNA is to love people and teach them about God, but so that they can be reproducing as well, so that they can do that with other people, and that's what it's all about: reproduction. It's all about discipleship, and that's that's what we want to see in Cambodia. We 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 don't have a desire necessarily to go and plant churches, be a part of a church plant per se, like traditional models would show, but we want to be a part of partnering with the church coming up behind individuals and maybe even some leaders and things and disciple and disciple so that they're the ones ultimately are th- that are going to go out to the provinces. They're the ones that are going to go and evangelize. They're going to be much more effective than I would ever be. So someone like Sophia, she's got village of people, sisters, grandmas. and ev- I mean, she's got a family that's like 50 people. Um, but, you know, just discipling that one person can can multiply into uh, incredible ways so that's that's our heart and uh we're going back in august and we're just going to find ways to engage the kamai learn a little bit more more language and and uh, trust god with the way he's going to set us up and a platform for that but that's our heart and what we hope to do let's give ryan a hand Would you uh, stand with me and let's, let's pray for him. We did in first service, we'll do it again. Thank you. Father in heaven, thank you so much for uh, Ryan being here and being able to share what he and Nikki have been led to do by you. And we uh, have been in partnership and we have had uh, many emails shared. And Lord, we first of all want to thank you for the healthy birth of Eve. Yes. Uh, that was a scary thing and they actually came across and it turned out really well. And mm-hmm. mom and baby are healthy and that is a, a beautiful gift from you. We appreciate that.
Second thing, Lord, is they uh, are recouping. May they rest well. May they not be culture shocked just being back home in their own country and then uh, get reverberated again when they head back to Cambodia. Equip them well to transition in both and help them make the family adjustment in a smooth way. And then mm-hmm. we pray now, Lord, uh, the lessons, the language has been put into motion and uh, they can communicate now. We ask that you would begin to flourish the ministry and uh, the, the fruit that comes out of it as they have been disciplined to learn the language. May they now engage in relationship. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we seek you for those you are looking for over there and uh, who would come to know you. We ask that you would give them wisdom as they do, how to uh, not get wiped out in their own culture, but to uh, survive as a believer and to actually share that faith. We Amen. seek you for that in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Give Ryan another hand. There we go.